welcome to this special Christmas episode of A Photographic Life. Christmas, a time for faith, myths and make-believe. And therefore, joining us for a special extended conversation on this episode is a photographer who deals with all three of those aspects of life. Born in 1977 in Tonsberg, southern Norway, at aged 19, Jonas Benningsen started a one-year internship at the Magnum Photos London office. He made coffee and tea, ran to the post office, answered the phones and returned prints and slides to their correct places in the archive. He left Magnum and headed for Russia to try to become a photographer and fell madly in love with the former USSR, spending several years there resulting in his first book, Satellites, photographs from the fringes of the former Soviet Union, which came out in 2006. He joined Magnum Photos in 2004. Fascinated by enclaves and people living in isolated communities, he started another project in 2005 focused on the urban slum. His The Places We Live body of work became a three-year journey through four slum communities around the world, and in 2008 it became a book and exhibition featuring projections and voice recordings in a three-dimensional installation. In 2017, his book, The Last Testament, about people who claim to be the second coming of Christ, was published. In 2021, his book of Velez departed from traditional photojournalism practice by creating a conceptual work about fake news, which consisted of images that were faked using CGI to place humans and bears in scenes that he had photographed devoid of life, mixed with excerpts from the book of Velez, a forged ancient text, an AI-generated copy. The deception initially not disclosed, escaped detection from his colleagues at Magnum and then curators and audiences at the Visa Paul Image Festival. Until Benningson revealed it on the Magnum Photos website. The work questioned the ability of the most visually literate people in the photography industry to tell real photos from faked ones. Some of his clients include Geo Magazine, Newsweek, The Sunday Times Magazine, The Rockefeller Foundation, Goldman Sachs and many others. Since 2004, he has worked with the National Geographic magazine. He's also received awards from Well Press Photo, International Centre of Photography, National Magazine Awards and Pictures of the Year International. He now lives near Oslo in Norway with his wife and four children. Okay, so Jonas, thanks very much for joining us on the um, A Photographic Life uh, podcast at this very important um, time of the year. Um, This is going to be a little bit more of a conversation than we usually uh, have on the podcast, but I think it's like a Christmas present to the listeners. Um, But I want to start off with the question we ask everybody, um, which is, what does photography mean to you? I, th- I think uh, for me, photography in large part is, it's a way, um, or it, it's the mechanism th- uh, through which I have sort of gotten accustomed to to explore all the 
questions I have about the world out there. All, all the things I'm curious about. It's a way to grapple and get my hands dirty, uh, sort of exploring uh, those things. Photography has sort of throughout my adult life become the, in a way, the go-to way way to do that. And, and, And that's sort of like, that's the part of photography that actually interests me. Uh, it, it, it's the photography that that's about um, you know exploring something and, and communicating an idea or, or or like grappling with a question. Uh, for for me personally, that that's sort of where my inspiration very often comes from. Um, and you know, it didn't necessarily start off articulated like that, but sort of through the years, again and again, I see sort of like when I actually end up going out there and doing a proper project that means something to me, that's the role the photography is playing uh, in that. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of the last time this happened that I I sort of woke up and I thought to myself, you know, I really would like to go to, you know, this or that place because I'm sure you could make spectacular pictures in that place. Yeah, you know, like that, that thought kind of like almost never occurs to me. I, I get satisfaction from, you know, when all the elements of an image line up and it becomes, you know, visually interesting and, you know, full of these elements and the emotions work and all of that. But, but that's almost like a byproduct for me. You know, like it, the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is like, wow, that's, that's a great story. You know, that's, that's just a, an amazing story or that's an amazing situation or that's an amazing question like or how the hell does this work i want to explore that that's where it starts from but i think it's interesting you say about that idea of storytelling because also uh, research is so important to you isn't it i mean you are you do you know when i read about uh, in the interviews and i read about your work which i've done over the years it's really interesting to me how you're so open to be taken to different places through the research you're willing to kind of go on the journey that research takes you yeah i mean i i kind of get off on that part of it you know i mean it's like that that process of discovery you know like wow you know like that is kind of what keeps me going you know uh somehow um research can be this really sexy thing you know like uh i mean i guess it's the act of learning somehow you know it's like I don't know. I mean, to be to be honest with you, it's kind of like the way photography also has evolved. That you know, it's sort of on a superficial level. You know, it's become very easy to do. You know, like I, I'm one of the old dinosaurs who actually started out. You know, shooting transparency, slide film in color. You know, it's also impossible to expose properly. Uh, you know, half a stop here, and and you were dead. And 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 you know, there were there there was like craft there was something difficult about it i mean like there was a challenge to actually just go out on the street and and click the button in the correct way and actually get something you could take home with you that was actually a challenge okay that could kind of keep my interest for a while probably but not now of course all those things have been sort of automated and become very easy and, and like what what's left you know I, listen i've been doing this to my own shock all, all the time like I, I keep shocking myself at how long i've been at this you know but it's almost 25 years I need something more than just taking nice pictures, you know, over two and a half decades to keep me interested. Otherwise I have to go find something else to do, you know? And, and, and I think it's kind of in the, in the research, in the learning of, about 
things. You know, in the end, I, I think I do photography because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like a curious person. I do photography because I'm curious about the world out there. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get out of my house and, and sort of like get into various stuff. I mean, that's the privilege of, of, of doing this kind of work. It's like you actually get to like have some, some things you're curious about and you actually have a way to, 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 to dive all the way down into that rabbit hole and see where it takes you. And you don't even know where it's going to take you. And, and that kind of journey is is um, sort of the spectacular thing about uh, this line of work. But you need to have a certain kind of confidence in yourself to actually, I think, go on that journey. And you need to have that sense of um, intellectual inquisitiveness. Yeah, I, I think uh, um, the self-confidence part is, is maybe an illusion. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard fought for over a long period of time. It didn't start out that way. And, you know, I, I think people tend to look at people who have been, uh, you know, at this for a long time and they, they, they sort of had this idea that, you know, once, once they were over the, the, the rocky first years, they have all this confidence, like an infinite bank account of confidence that, that sort of, uh, uh, they can draw on all the time and they don't, aren't riddled with self-doubt and all this thing. That's of course, you know, at least in my case, uh, complete nonsense because I'm, you know, after all this time, I still start a new project. I wake up with a terrible stomach ache, you know, thinking, you know, why am I wasting my time doing this thing that obviously is not going to work. People are going to, you know, think I'm, I'm over and out, you know, never, never going to work again. You know, that, that, that happens to me on even the smallest assignment, you know, <laughs> in a simple go and, and take a picture of this one town for one day type of uh, assignment. Like I can, I can still go with that kind of feeling. And then somehow in a way that's part of the beauty of, 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 of photography as well. It's kind of like, it actually is this thing that, you know, can transform you from waking up that morning feeling absolutely terrible about yourself and, and, and you know, thinking things are never going to work out. And through the things that photography brings you to, you know, just by bringing you out on the street and, and sort of forcing you to look at stuff and, and, and yeah, respond to stuff, you know, things miraculously happen often and, and, and you can go to bed sort of totally... Uh, elated and high of all these things you have discovered and the things you have just seen and the people you have met and, and the interactions that happen by so-called chance and but but that confidence that that's like a, that that's um, uh, that that's something that goes up and down just like inspiration you know goes up and down like a terrible terrible roller coaster but there is of course something about after a certain amount of attempts at this. Uh, then you get the feeling like, okay, these are, this is part of the process. Feeling terrible is part of the process. Uh, you know, it's not going to get good until you feel like that because it means you don't have anything invested in it. And you, you, you mentioned it, this sort of, uh, uh, inquisitive mind, you know, that you end up after a while with a sort of sense that if you really let that, part of your brain work then it's going to result in something maybe not exactly what you thought when you started but it's going to bring you there for, for me i think that sort of inquisitive mind is probably my single biggest asset it's one of those things which uh people who are not photographers quite often they don't realize 
how much kind of behind the scenes is going on, how much work is being done before the button is pressed. Certainly with someone like yourself, who's had some fantastic projects uh, published and then member of Magnum and so forth. I wonder if that comes with its own pressures as well. You know, the pressures of success. Yeah, it's a trap, terrible trap. Um, in a way, in this this adventure of the the book of Ellis, it wasn't my words, but it, it was it, it was something that I, I sort of thought was quite precisely put that it, it was sort of a, a photographic midlife crisis. You know what 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 the book of Ellis did for me, which was complete beauty, and and why I also treasure this project and have learned a lot from it just beyond all all the, the actual sort of subject matter of course is that it was the first time in how many years that i started a project and sort of went head first dove into it with and without having any idea if this was going to work without any idea whether this was going to crash land if I was even going to get to the finishing post, if it was going to be a catastrophe for me personally and professionally, or, or if it was going to you know, be brilliant. I had no idea. I had a hunch, but uh, I mean, I had a hunch, but you know, there were so many uncertainties and like, I didn't even know if it was possible. That is the feeling you have when you start out, you know, when you're 19 years old and you, you're doing things for the first time, you don't know if they're going to work. And, and one, one, once you have like done a lot of things, you know, you've done all these stories, National Geographic and, and all the big magazines, uh, Magnum, you've got all the accolades and all this. It's kind of a trap. There's a certain template to what we do, and, and it's so easy to fall into these templates. And, and, and um, you know, you, you know how you know the tricks, you know how it's going to work, you know, you're going to go to that place, you know, shoot it this way or that way with some variations, maybe. But you know, you, you kind of know that it's going to work, people are going to clap their hands, it's going to be published, but you lose something along the way the creativity, the sense of joy of like actually testing yourself putting your head on the chopping block that that kind of that feeling goes away a little bit it's interesting i often talk about photography and kind of use the metaphors in the music industry as a kind of a a, a mirror you've got this successful music career you've got this audience they're waiting for the next album and you sort of do a Lou Reed or a Neil Young on them and go, or a Bob Dylan, and you go, you're going to get what I'm going to give you, and it's going to be really difficult, and it's really going to challenge you. Were you aware of that? Or, or does does that kind of, does is my kind of interpretation of that close to you, your thinking about it? Of course, you're right. Do I keep doing the thing that this the smart thing to do? You know, there, there's always, you know, you can always kind of, deduce what is the smart thing to do like the, the kind of what is the right kind of project you should be doing you know uh, what are the stories i should be concerning myself with right now and, and and what should they look like more or less uh maybe it's not what you want to do you know i mean like everyone has come to you know once you have done something for for a couple of decades you know people expect a certain thing from from your eyes you know it looks like a jonas bendixson story or it looks like a you know something you know has that signature on it maybe that's not what you want to do you know the, i'm a, you know should i produce the things that's good for the, the brand <laughs> uh you know the brand jonas or, or should i do the things that i actually 
want to do and those things change i mean think these things change a lot in the course of one's life and one's you know changing circumstances etc i of course have that problem right now you know what do i do now you know that's the the curse of the book of ellis you know well, well what do i do after that i wonder if anybody will believe you in the future <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's the thing so um, you know, maybe the pendulum swings the other way. You know, I become like a large format, uh, you know, um, you know, very slow photographer, uh, all analog, archaic, analog processes. I don't know. But um, again, you know, it, it's kind of like, okay, well, now I have this beat, right? Uh, now, nowadays, I'm spending also a lot of time, you know, in the aftermath of Book of Alice. You know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of lectures in everything from universities, political forums, schools, you know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on the kind of pedagogical side of, of, of uh, disinformation uh, and, and synthetic media. Now, you know, every week I'm doing this uh, these days because, of course, it's become very uh, hot topic. It must be difficult to not be consumed by all of that thing. Yeah, I, yeah, that I work in academia and, you know, academia is a completely different way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a balancing act there, you know, because also, you know, building on that, of course, there's all these big questions now of, of disinformation and, and artificial intelligence. There's all these kind of very relevant and close topics to, to what I just did. And, you know, well, is that my new beat? You know, uh, or maybe I want to do something completely different, you know, again, and, and let that curiosity that sort of more childish part of me i have the upper hand you know not do all the smart things now i should be the expert on on all things ai and synthetic media you know i i could easily hold that position probably now you know it's kind of like but you know it, it's something about you know actually letting more like a childlike part of you take control no actually now i'm done with that toy i want, I want to play with this toy now you know it, it's one of these things that you know, I've, I've come also through the years to realize that sort of like it's often the very bad ideas that are the good ideas, <laughs> you know, kind of like, uh, you know, the, the best thing I can bring to the listeners is uh, is, is uh, not a thought of mine, but which I really have come to like in terms of an instruction manual for, you know, figuring out what you're going to spend your time working on, you know, when you're trying to choose your next project, you know, and it, it's the, the, the artist, um, uh, Laurie Anderson and partner of Lou Reed as well. And, and speaking of Lou Reed, yes, yeah. uh, you know, she had this wonderful thing where she said, uh, you know, she has five criteria when she's looking at uh, a new project and she has to ask herself these five questions. And it's, is it simple enough? Number two, is it complicated enough? Uh, is it beautiful enough? Is it stupid enough? And is it crazy enough? <laughs> you know, if you can check the box on all those, then you have a good one. <laughs> but, you know, it's really interesting because I can guarantee I've been writing about computational photography for the last few years in books and things. And I can guarantee that if I don't want anybody involved in photography to read my writing, then I'll write about computational photography because it's just like a complete turn off. And yet you fully embraced the idea of AI and sitting in front of a screen, I wonder if, I mean, I know it tied in with COVID. I wonder if you would have given quite so much time to that work or if you would have felt more pulled away from it. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the work preceded COVID, um, you know, by, by over a year in terms of when I started and I committed to the project. Uh, I went to Vélez in 2019. Uh, you know, I did my second trip to Vélez just before COVID. Mm. But of course, <clears throat> COVID was, you know, a complete blessing for this project because it, it did take away all the distractions, you know, and it really made me like, you know, because there was many times during the book of Ellis, uh, where I felt, you know, what the hell am I doing here? You know, like, you know, this is like so crazy. Like what has happened to me? You know, like I'm sitting here, you know, I used to be, you know, the field guy out there, um, doing, you know, investigations, you know, on the ground in the field. Now I'm sitting, you know, designing, uh, 3d computer game bears, you know, like, what, what, what happened to me, but, but because of COVID, you know, like that was actually kind of a, a good space to be carving out time for these things are, is, I mean, if you have a life that resembles mine, it's, it's extremely complicated, right? I have, you know, I have four, four children of all ages. So between 20 and nine months and, uh, and, you know, a busy family life and, and, you know, I have to make money. I have to do assignments. I have to do personal work. I have to, you know, you know, lectures. I, it's a constant juggling act. So, so actually the fact that I got sort of so much downtime really helped the book of Ellis. It was the perfect COVID photo project because of course I didn't have to go and meet any people. What, what do we call it? You know, is, is it, photography you know it's this whole debate then you know which i don't really want to get into about what is photography and so forth but at the same time you are a member of magnum which is what magnum is and has always been um and then you're introducing this really revolutionary thinking to a lot of people and i just wondered whether or not one you feel that people have started to kind of recognize that what you're doing um, is relevant to photography and whether or not you kind of regret doing it because of everything that was said about it or, you know, the, the debate that comes up. Oh, I have absolutely no regrets. Uh, that's for sure. You know, like, uh, and you, you, you said a phrase, something like what Magnum has always been doing. Well, I, you know, I, I tend to disagree on that front uh, be, be, because, you know, Magnum has always had these different strands, you know, you have had the very, the, the people who have worked exclusively in, in sort of a classical uh, definition of photojournalism uh, that has always been in Magnum, of course, and it's you know maybe, maybe what a lot of people associate with Magnum. But Magnum has always had uh, tinkerers, experimenters, people who go against the grain of that, who are you know trying out different ways to use photography, pushing the boundaries of how you're supposed to photograph. And at times, some of these characters have been very controversial figures. And with time, you know, you, they become uh, you know it, it seems like they were always there. You know, and this way of photography. I mean, like even like simple example, like when when Martin Parr came into Magnum, it was like you know a huge, huge hoo ha around that, you know, uh, and it was very controversial. And this is of course not what Magnum should be involved with, and this kind of photography, and 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 uh, you know, there was so he squeezed by by half a vote, you know, <laughs> it was kind of like that, you know. And and then you know with time you know he 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 he's an icon of photography and of course he has inspired 
enormous amounts of other practitioners in different ways. And, and he seems like he has always been part of the fabric of, of, uh, of Magnum. So, so actually the response to the book of Wales in Magnum was actually, whereas I could not anticipate exactly how that would go down. It's, it, it, the, 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 it turned out very, very positive. I mean, I've gotten a lot of support, even from, you know, a lot of the, uh, older generations and people have never done anything like this, but, but, uh, you know, there's always been a streak in Magnum of people using photography to question the world out there, right? Isn't that what it's about? It's about finding a way that fits the particular topic and using photography in that way to to, to interrogate and, and, and question, you know, what surrounds us. I would never have sat down and spent, you know, my time making computer-generated bears if it wasn't to tell a good story that posed certain questions. I mean, the reason I got into the Book of Ellis in the first place was my concern, uh, my fascination and concern with these new technologies. And, you know, that is the subject of the Book of Ellis. You know, the, 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 what happened in Veles, Macedonia, is sort of like actually like a superficial uh, device. You know, what, what I'm really trying to photograph so to speak is this technology and 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 ask ourselves well where, where is this headed i would never have done this because i and because i simply wanted to try to trick someone and because i wanted to you know test these computer programs you know that that wouldn't be interesting to me you know this would never have happened if it was just on that level you know so so it was because there were questions to ask and, and this seemed like the vehicle through which one could do that. So do you think that you've pointed a way for photography to go? Or do you feel that you've kind of used something, a form of image making for a, for a, a narrative purpose, but that perhaps it's just another tool in the toolbox? No, I, I don't think I've pointed at somewhere where photography can go from here. I'm simply pointing at this is where photography is going i mean like it, it's kind of like uh you know uh, you know this stuff would be happening a hundred percent completely without my little experiments you know the advent of synthetic images images generated from the computer chip uh that development is going really really fast uh, and uh, of course you know that that's the one place i was wrong in my Book of Ellis predictions. You know, I thought it was a glimpse into the near future in terms of the technology. Uh, of course, I was very wrong about that. You know, it was basically a look at today, um, <laughs> the present. Uh, you know, you see that the, 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 the technology in terms of the, the AI image generators, uh, the open AI DALI and the mid journeys of the world, um, all of this, you know, it's already here. It's, it's going at enormous speed with enormous power. And, you know, I, actually, you know, I, I, I realize now that, you know, I somehow happened to make the book of Ellis at the very last moment you could make something like that with the technology that I used. Because, you know, in a way, the way I made that book is already old hat. You know, it's, it's kind of like passe. Nobody's talking about those tools anymore because there are much more advanced tools coming now, which will make it so much simpler for anyone to make 
new book of Ellis's. You know, I, I, I do this little trick in, in, in my lectures where, you know, I, I go through the whole book and, and I talk about everything that happened. But, you know, in the end, I, I take, you know, uh, open eye dolly and I type in, you know, news hackers sitting at their laptops uh, in, in Belis Macedonia in their office. And out pops absolutely credible images of of Vellis looking guys doing the same thing as in my images. And and the way you have to think about these technologies is that remember what the first mobile phone you ever saw looked like and what could it do? You know, it was this monstrous thing that could make, you know, one bad and very expensive phone call. And it, it, it was the size of a suitcase. And compared to the thing you have in your pocket today, uh, that's how you have to think of, you know, when you see these output by uh, Dali uh, and then the other image generators. And, you know, of course, you can find fault with those images. You can see, oh, the face is not right here or something. But this is the first time we're ever seeing a prototype even of this kind of technology. Imagine in a decade, what will they do? You can know for sure that quality of the, the image generations and the text generations uh, uh, will be absolutely spectacular within a short amount of time because simply because the, the commercial application of, of these technologies is is vast. You know the the the, the market here is is huge. So so for sure the evolution will go quickly. It's really interesting, I think, to put it into that historical context. I mean, I've been involved with photography now for forty years, but I started off designing magazines with knives and glue because that's what you did in nineteen eighty five. Yeah, you know. And now you look at where we are, every photographer is designing their own photography book now. You know, it's, it's kind of those tools are available. So I think it's it's fascinating to put it in that historical context, but also to think about, you know, where photographers go now, whether or not they kind of remain stuck in the past and think, yeah, you know, I've got to cling to that or whether or not, as you did, you said, OK, I'm willing to embrace this. And, and to move forward and see where it takes me, which really, I think, as photographers, we need to be open-minded. We need to not sort of close those doors. Yeah, I, I, I think, though, that it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I, I kind of can get sort of annoyed also that, you know, now, um, at least on my Facebook and Twitter feeds, is now, you know, jam-packed with all uh, photographers who are now, like, making Dali outputs and AI outputs, you know, and kind of like, whoa, you know, there's now this wave where everyone is kind of doing this and kind of like it, it becomes meaningless as well. I mean, in the end of the day, yes, I think we should be open-minded for, in my view, you know, it's like you, you use the tools that enable you to tell the story you're wanting to tell. You know, that that's how it always works for me. I, I mean, I, I, it's not the first time I've experimented with like, technology in that sense you know and my second book the places we live um you know in, in a way it was a very early stab in sort of 360 degree photography i mean it's like early vr you could call it but you know like again you know it, it, it's a trick that i would never have used unless it was specifically because i there was a point to reconstructing these dwellings these houses uh and and i think that's for me it's it's always about you know I never start with the technological question. It's, it's about like, what, what, what am I trying to do? What, what is the experience I'm trying to make? What is the question I'm trying to ask? What's the story I'm trying to tell? And then there's always, 
you know, interesting ways you can apply photography to that. And, and that's how I think, you know, I mean, in terms of where photographers go, you know, I think, you know, this is the increasingly difficult question. Like, how do you stay relevant as a photographer today? Uh, what's the point? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we, we have, we have, you know, every feed is producing billions of images, you know, daily. A huge amount of these images in all my feeds on, on all these different social medias, they look at least like that thing that we used to call good pictures. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I have no idea if they are good pictures. I, I think probably a lot of them sort of basically aren't, but they, they for sure look like that thing we traditionally called a good picture. It has all the right components. You know, composition is good light. You know, it's like, you know, good action, good emotion. I mean, like, what's wrong? It's just like, what's wrong? It's, it's just generic. <laughs> it's like it's like this uh, unstoppable feed of pleasant pictures that, that, that sort of like is it's, it's killing us. And, and what's the point of adding 20 new pictures onto that sort of like ridiculous pile of pictures that's appearing every single day? You know, what, what's the point of being a photographer? You know, for me, the, the solution to that question, which I've been asking myself, by the way, for, for decades already, I just don't want to compete in the realm of good pictures. I want to compete in the realm of interesting ideas. I want to compete in the realm of, of good stories. Whereas there are, Billions and billions of, you know, great pictures appearing every day. There are not billions and billions of examples of really interesting ideas communicated through photography. To me, that is where we can find relevance. Uh, at least I don't want to talk about we, because like people have all kinds of different reasons to do photography. And, and you know, I know lots of people who are perfectly happy going out every single day and, and making nice picture for the client that looks kind of nice. And, and they do the nice post-production on it and they deliver it on deadline to the client and everyone's happy. And, and that's, and they're super happy doing just that, you know, uh, for me, that that's not enough. Like I'm, I'm, I get bored just doing that. You know that that would that's not stimulating enough for me. I need to also have these other tangents of my photography. I do all these assignments as well, but I I need to have more stimuli than that. Uh, I need photography to challenge me. You know, do you know, I think that's um, after our discussion, we've gone all around the houses here and maybe we've ended up as the perfect ending to what photography means to you, because actually, <laughs> that's a great point to end it. Jonas, it's been fascinating talking to you, I have to say. And um, as a big fan of your work, um, I have to say thank you as well, because it's great to have somebody doing what you're doing and bucking a number of the trends. So um, so thank you very much for that. And thank you for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for, for ha having me. It's been, been a lo lovely conversation. That's great. Thanks so much indeed. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and I hope you've had an enjoyable Christmas and it continues over the coming days. Just leaves me to say Merry Christmas and of course, take care. Thank mm -hmm. you.